Fritz, welcome to the Leadership Dynamics Podcast. We're excited to bring you the tools and resources used by dynamic, high-performing leaders to communicate effectively, grow their influence, and take their companies to the next level. Let's dive in. Welcome to another episode of Leadership Dynamics. Sounds so important. I know. <laughs> Put my Wolfman Jack voice on. What's going on? Yeah. <laughs> Settle down. <laughs> oh, man. So last week, we did an interview with Kim. And we're going to do part two today. Because we could probably do ten parts, mm-hmm. if not twenty based on that experience because more and more keeps leaking out about what you went through so but so much of that all of it and then we met with mike this week Mm -hmm. um so i got exposed to even more of the experience but then got to see his side of it coming in where he was coming in so yeah completely different role so let's let's talk about that let's talk about So Mike is the organizer, he's the founder of One Mile, and he had to take a different role in this. Mm -hmm. So he puts together a team of 20? There was 30 originally, yep. 30 originally, and it was pretty much split down the middle, civilians, military. Yes. And you all got to start meeting each other and talking a month, two months prior? Yeah, some of them were, um, some met in Orlando earlier in the spring. Um, kind of the key role okay. people. Um, so some of them were familiar with each other, but the the majority of us had not ever met until, um, if we wouldn't have Zoom, I mean, we saw each other on Zoom, but that, you know, that's only half the story, right? right. So we, we physically did not see each other until about 48 hours before the event actually started. <laughs> Mind you, half military, uh-huh. half civilian. Uh-huh. But the civilians were, I mean, there's a lot of accolades that came with these civilians that were oh, yeah. there. Mm-hmm. Published authors, yep. high-performance coaches, psychotherapists. I mean, you yes. had the gamut. Yeah. What was that like for you being military and then dealing with the civilian world of people of that caliber? What were the differences in the mindsets? Because you have a leadership mindset, but you got a lot of military that goes with that. Right. They had a leadership mindset, but all they had was the private world. They only had civilians. It's interesting because actually reflecting on it just now when, when you asked me that, I was thinking about the leadership that was in charge of this entire group that Mike purposely put in charge of this group. And ironically, they're both military. I had not really thought of that until you asked me that. So one is um, he was a Navy SEAL, um, a highly decorated Purple Heart recipient um, officer. Um, just an all-around good guy. Um, and then his the co-chief is a female. Um, she was in the Marine Corps in Tammy. the 80s. That's Tammy McVeigh, who we've had, we've you know, we've had on our, our summit last year. Um, is it two years ago? 
That was two years oh ago. Oh my gosh, it's been two years. All right, so anyway. <laughs> but, you know, she uh, she's also a high-level coach that um, takes people on literally experiences around the world. She's traveled right. to like 25 different countries and she takes people completely out of their familiar element and puts them in an unfamiliar element and teaches leadership on that while she's doing all of that. And uh, what a great concept. Um, and so I guess I hadn't realized till just now that they were both speaking military to civilians. And when that happens, um, military teaches you obviously in boot camp that it's do what I say and do it fast. Right. And that there's a reason behind why I'm asking you to do it. And I would not ask you to do anything that I wouldn't physically go do. And civilians don't really understand that I'm not barking orders at you because I'm asking you to do something that I'm not comfortable with. I've been there. I've done it. I need you to trust me. I need you to trust me right now without question. I need you to run towards the thing that I'm asking you to do. Right. And civilians are like, hold on, I have a question. Can we talk this out? This may not be for me. Um, I don't see how it's going to work. I don't know what the time frame is. I don't have all the information. And so it's hard when you, I'm thinking about my past self and my current self, you know, because we all come from something before than we, you know, what we are right now. And I think for me in the moment, it was, I really switched a gear and tapped into the military mind of, you know, leading from the front, taking charge if I have to, being supportive in other roles. So I did wanted. You, did you switch that mindset out of necessity? Yes. Yes. Okay. Backstory yeah. on that. Well, there's a lot of chiefs and not enough Indians. If most understand that, maybe some of our listeners in other countries don't. That means that there was a lot of people that had an opinion about how things should go instead of falling in line with what the leader had asked and to just do what was asked and we'll debrief later. We'll talk about it later. Mind you, this was all leaders in their perspective. Yes. And so when you have a room full of high functioning leaders, we're all leaders, but right. there's levels of leadership in which you're in and depending right. on the industry that you're a part of. So some were coming in as civilians that were high-level leaders in whatever their respective careers were right. that came in with the ego of being in that position because that's all they know is that position within their workspace. Now you're dealing with people that they think they can come in and talk to a certain way and it's going to be understood. <laughs> and so right out of the gate, I was really seeing that 30,000, I almost felt like I was floating above the room a lot of times because I was hearing multiple conversations at multiple levels and picking up on frustration within the first couple of hours that we were in the room together. Right. Because everybody speaks, but not everybody is heard, right? That's the foundation of what we talk about is communication is key. And if you don't understand the people coming across the table at you, just in general, how are you? What do you do? You know, people were showing up and this was totally unconscious. So I know that people from Team One Mile, they're going to hear me. They're going to hear our podcast. And I don't want anybody to ever think that their voice wasn't being heard. But we show up a different way a lot of times, especially when self-preservation is leading. So right. now I've got to protect myself. Right. And it is the ugliest thing you can show up with is the you trying to fill the void of expectation of what other people think of you. 
because really all we've had up to this point and leading up to the event is a picture and a four sentence bio of each one of these people. So before it was even going, you know, full throttle, people were already wondering if they were a good fit for what was going on or if they would be able to contribute, which is crazy to think about because all of us are very successful people. So how would that experience be any different to an executive team? Different not. I mean, it's it's not a different. So the outside world dynamics might wise. think that they are different dynamics because they're different people, not in the same genre, right? Because right. we had, so if you're an executive team in a company, you're talking about that company's needs and where you're going with that company. Right, but you're also talking about a mixture of military. Yeah. Not military. Right, yeah. Most some college. know each other, some college, some not college. Right, yep. Some family people, some not family people. Mm-hmm. Some married, some divorced, some, probably, like, all the dynamics in and between. And we're probably talking 25 years of age to 65. That's pretty much accurate on the age range of those that were involved in the race. I guess my point on asking that question is, is just because you went on a 3,000-mile race and was part of a team of 30 people and supporting an eight-man team to cross the line, mm-hmm. the dynamics and the skill set that everybody brought and had to perform on really is no different than how an executive team has to perform for that business. It's absolutely no difference. The only difference is, is that when you're on an executive team somewhere in the world, you have the option to bow out. And in this team, you had zero option really to leave the space in which you had to confront and be with the people. You're correct on the bowing out part. However, I think that's where character comes in. Oh, definitely. Like, I know teams I did not, I wanted to bow out on, but I stuck it out another three years Mm. because I. I'm not the kind of guy that would bow out. Yeah. I'll keep showing up and yeah. keep fighting yeah. and figuring this out on how to help this team grow. Because I had there was a loyalty factor there for me. So I think there's enough people on executive teams where loyalty will keep them there. But at what point do they break? So, so you still had one person. Uh, yes, but I'm going to... I'm going to focus on you for just a second because that's a really good point. But <clears throat> what what we're not taking into account right now is is really the people's past and what their belief system is. So right. for you, like for you and I, we know like the bigger the challenge, the more we're going to dig in. Mm-hmm. We're both athletes. Like mm-hmm. you have a huge football background, right? Semi-pro football, football coach, all of those things. You have a different mentality when it comes to I'm going to stick it out compared to I'm going to bow out because it's not me. I'm different, military mind. I am not bowing out. I will dig in till it kills me usually is not a good thing. I've learned to not involve myself where I don't belong. We both experienced emergency room visits, which caused us to bow out. So, yeah, exactly. (laughs) And that's called corporate world. Unfortunately, it ate us alive. And then we decided to go fix it or at least be a part of the fix instead of being a part of the complaint department. I'm going to retract that try. I don't like that word. (laughs) So I guess my point in saying that is 
there are people in full empathy because last week was about empathy and right. and i'd never want to lose sight of that is that some people are born with innate ability to dig in and get really curious about how they fit into it when some people just are not born or have the belief system to believe that they are worthy of digging in and staying in the fight and i think when that divides military and civilian because military you're put through the paces but you always have somebody there to go you're gonna make it through this you you've always got a mentor and i don't think in the corporate world and going through college and even in high school do you really have mentors that can show you that y you can survive this and and you're gonna make it and if not we can you can shift and go into a different whatever profession you want to do i feel like it's getting better Yes. Because there's more and more companies like ours that are infiltrating these companies yeah. and creating that. So I do think it's getting better. But I think what we're talking about is maybe a 5%, 3% mm -hmm. Oh, definitely. Yeah. When, when that percentage was only sitting at 17. Yeah. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, I mean, there's still so, huge opportunity yeah. for growth. And this is where I'm going to plug Ooh, what we There's do. a lot in this, Fritz. So this is where I'm going to plug what yeah. we do for a little yep. bit. So, you know, the whole reason we started our coaching company was because we both came at it with a chip on our shoulders and we wanted to fight and change leadership because we know it can be better. Yes. Which is why we showed up the way we did and we weren't going to bow out. We were going to do everything that we could. Mm -hmm. We take that same energy coaching yes which i feel is why we get the results from our clients that we get mm -hmm. because we show up ready to go yeah and we fight for and you we fight yeah exactly so with this improvement and the whole mental health pandemic that we've talked about mm. before where did you see the resiliency and the mental health piece play when crossing the country with this team. <sighs> well, and we're going to go overtime a little bit. Yep. So, the, so the aspect of of all of this underlying piece of resiliency. When I think of resiliency, and everybody has their own definition of resiliency, right? But it is one of our core values mm -hmm. within RD, and to I mean, most people that are athletes or high performers in that respect know what resiliency is. It's right. even though you're exhausted, I'm going to keep going. And that's true in the mental space, too. So I got to see both. I got to see the riders go through that resiliency of wanting to quit, but knowing that there was a team be literally behind them that was, you know, helping them to get across the country. And then the other ones were the support team, which is, I mean, they can't do it without the support team, and the support team can't do it without them riding. And so you got to see a different kind of resiliency, especially when a lot of the support crew were high-performing athletes in their own respect. You know, not just coaches for mental capacity, but for physical. So the resiliency is knowing when to step back and take a support role and be really good in that space. That takes a different level of mental resiliency because we can put our bodies through a bunch of stuff, right? But when well, we have bodies, to mentally yeah. be there. Our bodies can go through way more than what our mind allows us to. Yes, but what people don't understand, and this is beautiful, is that our minds are the ones that control the body. Yes. 
So when, when we talk about resiliency and what I got to witness in resiliency was all of that, was mind, body, and spirit. It was everything that we talk about in being control of. Right. So there are different, different levels of resiliency. And I think people that weren't as resilient or thought that they weren't as resilient because you'll, you'll create whatever you think about yourself. So if you showed up thinking, I'm not really sure if I'm good enough to be a part of this team, eventually that will come out in the wash. So as you're under stress, as you have no sleep, as you have poor diet, right? And you have no real cycle of, of life and, and what you're used to because we get complacent in the real world, but not when you're on a 3,000 mile race and you have to get there in six days from coast to coast and you have a team to take care of. So all of that plays a part in how resilient you truly are. Yes, there's going to be fallout. Not everybody has that capability. And I'm, I commend the ones that had to either leave or step back into a further back supportive role, which is like being in the, being the RV and helping with food and going grocery shopping and doing those different things because they understood within themselves, I'm not ready for that. So I'm going to take myself out of it with all respect. Like I, I'm not ready. And that's resiliency in itself because now they can come back and go back to wherever they were and be able to talk about, you want to be, you want to talk about putting your feet to the fire, your toes to the edge of the ledge. You just did that on a race. So even if you left, even if you, even if you emotionally checked out while you're on the race, and I'm talking to my team right now, everybody, and I love them all to death. You learned something. You grew in this space. You couldn't not grow right. from something. And I love every one of them for, for showing up, even when it wasn't pretty. So you would say that everybody bent. Everybody bent. But there was oh, yeah. not the breaking part. They were unbreakable. Nobody, nobody really broke. broke. Even the even the ones that completely left the race and decided and to pull themselves resiliency, out. Yeah, because honestly. because the people that physically left the race for you know for whatever reason that they decided that created a resiliency in them because right. now they created a physical experience that they're going to be able to draw on when they think they've hit rock bottom somewhere else in their life. It's like working out. It right? is. If you're building muscle, you have to, the only way to do it is through variable resistance. Yes. Resistance and, and load mm -hmm. is how you build muscle. Huh, ironically. So, it's exactly the same thing. Yeah, so the only way you're going to build your character, your resiliency, and becoming unbreakable mentally is by continuing to put yourself under extreme pressure. Mm -hmm. The difference is when I work out, I work out alone. If I would hire a coach, yeah. a personal trainer that way, he's going to push out because I had good spotters. I had good workout partners and they were very good at when I wanted to rack, they would push it out and tell me one more. Yeah. I was okay with that. It's when they pushed it out the sixth time and said one more that I was going to get off the bench and I wanted to hurt them because yes. you're hurting me. Right. The cool thing was is we had to switch positions, so yeah. now I get to do that too. <laughs> oh, but the difference... There's another one. Right. But the difference was is that I, I wanted to quit. My mind wanted to quit because it was getting painful. Yes. My strength was there, but my mind was going, you really don't want to do this. Yeah. Then you play with the whole mindset, and those that work out will get this. 
Then you play out with the whole mindset, well, maybe I should just start looking like I'm struggling more than I really can. Mm, mm -hmm. And then he'll let me rack. Mm -hmm. Yeah. But then it's like, okay, but I don't want to cheat myself. This is all happening in a millisecond of right. coming down and, and going back yeah, up on right. the bench press, right? Yeah. But these are the conversations. So when we talk about being heard and we talk about the five voices and we talk about the language and leading ourselves... We are all leaders in our own respect because we are all leading ourselves mm -hmm. when times are getting tough. Yeah. Yeah. So you're going to have these crazy conversations with yourself. Yeah. Yeah. But when you know yourself and you know your tendencies and you understand your patterns, that's when you can break those. That's when you can do that one more. That's when over a course of a year you can put on 15 pounds of muscle yeah you can reduce your fat you can change the composition of your body mm -hmm. but then you have to know what are you fueling it with and are you fueling it with the right it's the same thing when it comes to executive teams or sport teams or any of that right. it's the same concept mm -hmm. it's that same battle and what are you feeding your team with and we're going to talk executive now what are you feeding that team with? What are you nourishing that team with? What is that positive language that's coming in? What is that well-being that you're creating? What is it that you're fighting for? What is that character you're growing? All of that. It's the same thing. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah. But you can't do it, right? All the people that have the greatest success in working out, generally have a personal trainer mm -hmm. or a decent coach right that's pushing them to do that one more yeah one mile at a time right so <laughs> so if if you're an executive team and you're trying to grow your business mm -hmm. and be profitable take your eyes off the numbers and put it on the team and put it on the well-being of the team and create that unbreakable character of the team right because the character of the team is made up by the individual characters yes yeah it so absolutely if you is. create the wellness and the well-being and all of them and you help them understand it's okay to bend and it's really okay to bend really far yeah but yeah. we're not going to break we got this. I'm glad that you brought up the money piece because, you know, through Team One Mile and through creating this race, you know, that Mike Campbell did for us, you know, he it was never about the money, even right. though it's a fundraiser, right? right. The, the, so what? You know, you get buy-in from community and, and you get the opportunity to impact other people. And, you know, this time around, it was our veteran community and, and you know, kind of having the uh, Semper Fi America Fund be a part of who receives that funding. But really it was, it was what became of all of us in, in all of that. I was just going to say, you have 30 more people that are impacting at a higher level now because of what they experienced. Absolutely. And the wheels did literally fall off and everything that could go wrong did. But right. what happened was when we were literally put on an island together, as much as we hated each other, we loved each other. And we were willing to fight for one another. And we did that for 3,000 miles. And at the end of that, the bonds that we've created are unbreakable. So if any one of them were to call me 
I would absolutely be there for them because we've seen each other at our best and we've seen each other at our worst. And we've all grown in it. Every single one of us grew somewhere. And um, I just yeah. think if we could do that and, and help that and show that in teams across the world. Yeah, we absolutely can. Absolutely you know, can. And that's, mm -hmm. that's when we break the stigma. That's when we yeah. break all of the crap that's out there and get more resilient teams yeah. and you get the well-being and you get healthy cultures and oh my goodness the yeah and you know ripple effect is amazing listening obviously you know podcasters i know that like for us when we listen to a really good podcast and it's giving us a bunch of meat and not just dessert we want to know more and we want to be involved more and this isn't we are not locked in a bottle Absolutely. for fritz and i it, and when we talk about global impact we really mean that and so wherever you are respectively you know, we're within reach. We are absolutely want to help you create and have more tools than you have now. And, you know, that was a lot of, about the, the conversations that we were having on this trip was just the things that we wanted to give to other people that have helped us. And for us, that, you know, extreme leadership in high-performing executive teams and athletes that you and I deal with on a regular basis, like, Every single one of us has that leadership tendency that we want to be really good for other people, but we don't always have the tools to do it. So if right. you are that company or you are that person that's listening from wherever you are, we can assist in helping you to, to gain all of that. And um, that's why we've gone 25 and a half minutes so yep. far is just to convey that. The longest that. one we've done on this on this. Uh platform yeah, this podcast, yeah. and so. I'm, I'm sure there'll be a part three to this because yeah, like I'm, you said i'm gonna guess there's gonna be a part out. three we're just gonna keep doing this until we get yeah. to the end and who yeah. knows i mean yeah. i don't know how many it's gonna be but there's so much good stuff here that yeah it's not fair to cheat the audience right so. thanks for hanging with us love you guys This episode provided you with valuable insights and actionable steps as you grow in your leadership journey. For more information on this topic or other leadership tools and resources, visit our website at rewireddynamics.com.